Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We are finishing. We're finishing our only belief series today. And we have been looking at faith. We've been looking at faith over the last few weeks. We've seen that faith trusts God. We've looked at the prayer of faith. We've looked at... And we've seen that, everyone, that God wants every one of us to exercise our faith and seek Him. And as we do that, what does He do? No one. You preached last week, so you tell me, what does He do, honey? He rewards us. That's exactly right. You all knew that, didn't you? Yes. Today we're looking at the language of faith. Faith has a language. Quite often families have a language. Countries or people groups have a language. Each generation has a language. Yo. What's this generation's language? I don't know. Texting. Emojis. I've heard of twins having their own language. Faith has a language. Many people learn another language. Have you or do you speak the language of faith? What is the language of faith? Glad you asked. You may think that the language of faith is all about what we say. And you'd be partly right. But you would be missing a very, very important truth if you thought that 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 was all that the language of faith is about. The language of faith does not start with what we say. The language of faith starts with what God says. It starts with what God says. The language of faith starts with God and with what He's saying. And God speaks to us through His Word and He speaks to us through my first point today, which is He speaks to us through dreams and He speaks to us through vision. Habakkuk says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what God says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end. It will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I will wait to see what he will say to me. God speaks with vision. He tells us what's going to happen by speaking, not just with words, but with a picture of the future. And that picture is part of the language of faith. It is a vision for the future, and that vision, that picture for us, is, it's a picture for us to hold on to and to exercise our faith so that we can see it come to pass. What picture has God given you that you need to hold on to and exercise your faith over so that you can see it come to pass? Do you have one? I know that. My husband had a dream 
before Emmaus Christian School started. And in that dream, he was walking along a corridor. And when, it, when he got to Emmaus, when they were looking at buildings and where this school was going to be, it was that corridor. He saw it. God gave him a vision of it before it was his, before he knew what it meant. Acts 2.17 says, And in the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. The language of faith is the language of the Holy Spirit. And the language of the Holy Spirit is dreams and visions. Because the Holy Spirit, he speaks to us as we pray. As we read his words, he, he, he comes and he speaks. And he lights up our imagination, doesn't he? And he wants, he wants to get hold of our imagination and he wants us to start to create with our imagination. The Holy Spirit gives us dreams and visions of things that don't currently exist. Which is pretty amazing. They don't exist yet, I should say. We have friends who, when they got engaged, they sat down and they prayed and God gave them a picture of their family. Six children. Boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. They named everyone and it all happened. There are businesses that only exist today because some people had a dream and a vision from God. And it didn't exist yet, but now it does. Some of us need to get a dream and a vision of what God, how God actually sees us. Because the way that we see ourselves is not the way God sees us. And when we get the picture of how God sees us, that will actually change us. And we'll become who we're really supposed to be. We see throughout the Bible, Joseph, before he was carried off into slavery, he had a dream of a bigger and brighter future. And he, got his, he you know, had the dream and he got the coat. And, and it took a long time for that to happen. But the dream was a blueprint of the future that Joseph would have. Something for him to hold on to and go through when he was going through those tough, and my gosh, that man went through tough circumstances. But it, it helped him, that dream, he held on to it. Moses was given a vision and a dream of the tabernacle while he was at Mount Sinai, and then he went and he built it. Abram was childless, and God didn't just say, I'm going to make you a father. Believe me, Abram, Abram. God said, I'm going to make you a father to many. Come out and look up and see. Look at the stars. Look at the sand. God gave him a vision. And that vision was to build his faith. Because vision and dreams are the language of faith. Do you have a vision? Do you have a dream? This building was built, it, it first existed, it began with a dream. When Paul and I were in Rome many years ago, we went to a cathedral, and there's so many of them over there, 
but this one was different. It was called St Paul's Outside the Wall. And we walked into this building and I started to cry. Now, I cried my way through Rome anyway because I was so overwhelmed with just the history and it's not just their history, it's my history, you know? It's, it's Jesus, it's, it's the history of us. And I loved it. And um, it was magnificent. It, was, it just gave me a vision. And I remember walking into another building in, an, in Australia, in, down in Melbourne, and I came back and I said to Paul, babe, we've got to have a big foyer. We've got a big foyer. People walk into that building and they go, oh my gosh, this foyer. It all began with a dream and a vision. Do you know that you and I began as a vision? Psalm 139 says, You watched me as, as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was being woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God watched as you were being formed. He saw you. And he had a vision for you before you were born. He had a picture, a purpose, a destiny. All your days prepared before you even started. It all started with vision. So how is your vision? Do you have one? Is there a dream in your heart? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to your imagination? Are you allowing dreams and visions to flow in your life or is your life merely one-dimensional, transactional, limited to the five senses that you can see? And some of you have let this part of your world go for many reasons and some of them might be, well, uh, you know, understandable. And you're only interested in the natural facts, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can touch, what, what you... I want to encourage you today, you know, I was praying yesterday and I want to, to challenge some of us today. Begin to pray. Don't just live your life in what you can see, hear, touch, taste, smell. Allow the vision and the dream that God has for you to come to you. Even if you've been waiting and waiting and there's disappointment and, there's, and you think, oh, it's just not going to happen. No, 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 no. Allow the Holy Spirit. Allow the dream. Allow him to come to give you a picture that you can hold on to once you see it. Once you see it, you can ruminate on it, you can meditate on it, you can reflect on it, you can feed it, you can water it, you can pray into it. I'm waiting to see in the natural, just like you are, some things that I have a vision from God for. I don't see them yet, but I'm going to keep feeding that. I encourage you to, 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 to do that too. And it's going to start with standing at my watch post and waiting to see what he will say to me and how I will respond sometimes when I'm corrected, you know? in that place where God says, well, actually, no, it's this. Or no, don't let your disappointment stop you. This is what I've got. It'll start with vision. 
It's so important. It gives us purpose, energy, direction. We can have a vision for different areas of our lives. I spoke to someone a couple of weeks ago and they said to me, do you have a vision for your life with God? And I went, wow, what a great question. You know, what, where, where is it going to go? Like, what are you going to do? How? And I thought, that is a great question. And so now I'm doing something about that. We can have visions for our relationships and we should. God wants to fill us with dreams and visions because they are the language of the Holy Spirit. They are the language of faith and they create. So that's my first point. My second point is the language of faith is dreams and visions and it is the spoken word. We all know that the first purpose of words was not for communication but for creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was formless, it was empty, it was dark, and the Spirit was hovering over the surface of the waters, and then God said, let there be light. And there was. Hebrews 11, by faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. It was things that were invisible that were made visible. And the power of the spoken word has never changed. We live with what we say. I mean, that's obvious, right? But our relationships, sometimes our career, our own life is so directed by what comes out of our mouths. It really is. When I pray, I have scriptures for certain areas of my life that I pray and I declare and I put it out into the atmosphere because I am believing for a different future. Ezekiel 37, the spirit takes Ezekiel to a place of dry bones and he doesn't ask Ezekiel to pray for the bones or to just believe for the bones so that they will reform and be full of life again. No, he says, the Spirit commands Ezekiel to prophesy over them, to speak the truth over them, to command life into them. There is power in the spoken word. God wants us to declare what we see so that we will see it, so that it will go from invisible to visible. What do you need to start prophesying over your life? What is God asking you to speak to? Because it was the Spirit of God that asked Ezekiel to prophesy. He wasn't just Ezekiel. What is he saying? No, this is your future. Don't just accept what's going on. Start to hear what God is saying and agree with him. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, but having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. Did you notice the order there? We don't just speak to try and make ourselves believe. We believe and therefore we speak. We speak what we believe. In fact, we do anyway. And sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's not. <laughs> God gives us visions and dreams. He speaks 
and that fills us with faith and therefore we speak. So when the doctor said, your youngest son will not walk and he'll have brain damage and Paul stood up and shook his hand and said, thank you doctor, but that's not going to happen. We believed and therefore we spoke. Oh, sorry. The language of faith is dreams and visions. It's the words we speak. And finally, it's praise. The language of faith is praise. Romans 4 says this, Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Anyone here this morning want to grow their faith? Just a few of you. Good. I think all of us want to grow our faith, don't we? We grow in faith in several ways. We've talked about several of them already. But you know what? Abraham grew in faith by giving glory to God. Every time he was wondering if the promise was going to be fulfilled, this scripture says instead of doubting while he was waiting, and let's face it, there is always a time of waiting. While he was waiting, he chose to grow his faith by giving glory to God. God, I thank you that I am going to be the father of too many. God, I thank you. I mean, I'm not. But, you know, I was being Abraham there for a second. <sighs> As he was praising God, his faith was growing. As we praise God, our faith grows. There's a story in the Old Testament about a judge and a prophet, and her name is Deborah. And there was a battle coming. And God said, yep, go, fight, I'm going, you're going to win. And do you know what part of the victory process was? Judges 5. Wake up, Deborah. Wake up. Wake up, wake up, and sing a song. Arise, Barak. Lead your captives away. Sing a song. Sing. That word right there, that word sing, is the same word in Hebrew that Joshua used, exactly the same, when he looked up in the sky and he commanded the sun to stand still. It's the same word that Moses used when he stood in front of the Red Sea and said, tell, and God said to him, tell the people, and he told the people and the sea parted. It's the exact same word that God said to Deborah, Sing. It's out of that song, that declaration, that something is going to change in your circumstance. Something is going to change in your life, but no, something will change inside you. Every time we praise God and declare his goodness, we are defeating every devil that is trying to destroy us. And as we get into that place, faith comes, the promise is strengthened, we change on the inside, it's what Abraham did, and it grew his faith. We don't just sing praise and worship because we like it, even though we do. We sing praise and worship because you're building your faith when you're praising God. When, when praise is coming out of your mouth, you are building your faith. It is the language of faith is praise. 
You're fighting the fight of faith. When I was very, very sick from about a year, and the doctors had no idea what was going on, and I was in a hospital, at Calvary Hospital one day, and I was lying in those tiny, crazy cubicles with absolutely no privacy, and I just lay there, I was in pain, and I, it had been going on for months and months and months. I just lay there, and I put my hand up, I said, God, I'm just going to keep praising you. I have no idea what's going on. No idea what's going on. But I'm not going to blame you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to just diss you and walk away from you. I'm just going to praise you. Because that is part of faith. That is the language of faith. And things change. So, come up. Come on up, band. I want to ask you where you're at on your faith journey. You may not have started your faith journey. You may be standing here in... You're not standing, I'm standing. You may be sitting here... And you've actually not even started. You haven't asked Jesus to come into your life. You don't have a relationship with Him. No, no, that's the first step. We're going to pray. And we're going to pray a prayer soon to ask you to join me as we all pray that together if you've not done that. Or maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ. So that's the first step. But how about us people who've been hanging around for a while? You know, we've spent four weeks talking about faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And as Christians, we don't just live life. We live by faith. We walk by faith. Faith is incredibly important. For all the reasons that we've talked about. So I want to ask you this morning, where are you in your journey of faith? Have things happened that have made you go, well, I, uh, it may, maybe faith's not for me. I'm not sure really if I can trust God or if I really want to put myself out there. I want to give all of us an opportunity today to respond to God's call to live by faith. his call. He wants us to live by faith. So I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit is right here right now. And he he may just be nudging you you've let it go pick it up I'm still here I've still got you and I want to encourage you to respond to that nudge today and there's going to be an opportunity for you to come 
here and respond by saying, God, I'm, I know I need to respond. I need, I need something to shift in me as far as faith goes. I need you to help me. Paul, my husband Paul, used that beautiful scripture last week. I believe, help my unbelief. And it is where we all are. I believe, God, but help the areas where I don't. And maybe you need God to touch you and help you with those areas that it's really hard to believe you for that right now, God. And I want to encourage you. I want to invite you to come to the front and receive prayer for that. You may have done it a million times before. It's okay. God's speaking to you now, right now. He wants something to shift in you. He wants something to change. He wants change for you for good. So, I'm going to pray this prayer for people who need to and want to begin their journey of faith. And then we'll go from there. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I ask you to come into my life. I want to live in relationship with you. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.